Blog Talk Radio. Tell me a secret. I don't just want to know about any secret of yours. I want to know about one special secret.
Elaine. Yes. How are you tonight? <laughs> I am outstanding, but I am not standing outside right now because I think it's a little nippy. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is chilly out there tonight, but we're going to warm it up in here. Because tonight we're gonna to talk about relationships. You ready to talk about relationships, Arlene? Yeah, always, always. All right. So let me ask you a question. We're gonna talk about the pitfalls of modern relationships. Do you think relationships have changed over the years? You think it's different today than say maybe thirty, forty years ago? Yes. Yes. And I think that <laughs> I think that a lot of people are taking their relationship cues from television. And uh, let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that stuff that you see on television and the movies, that's all make-believe because, uh, you know, you, if you do or operate in that space of trying to make your relationship like the movie, <laughs> you will wind up with the drama. So you mean I need to get rid of my white horse and stop being a knight in shining armor? Uh, just throw all that away? Well, you know, let's just say that the Disney experience is always scripted. And, <laughs> <laughs> and life is real, right? <laughs> no scripts here. <laughs> Yes, yeah, and, and let's just say that uh, I, I, okay. So, say for instance, uh, I'm going, I'm gonna, you know, go back uh, a few years on people because I was actually watching um, a different world, and that relationship between uh, Whitley and Dwayne. When I watched that show and knowing what it is that I know now, I was just thinking to myself, you know, this is like some really um, core, uh, I guess you could say, relationship information that they're giving you because um, she was constantly doing things that would, uh, under modern circumstances, really cause the relationship to fall apart. And, you know, and again, they they did get together, but remember, mm -hmm. <laughs> the script was written that way. And if you're expecting the script to to manifest like it does in television or movies, you're going to be in for a bumpy experience and a rough ride. So, I, yeah, and I think that, you know, as television shows and programming go, go on, they they do provide, like, really poor uh, insight on how to deal with relationships and actually have, you know, uh, technically I think that they're programming us to not be involved with each other and uh, eventually go to a more, more, what is it, an AI partner. <laughs> Artificial <laughs> intelligence. Well, you know, I have not come across a shortage of men and women who are just tired of relationships. Yes. You know, now the vast majority of them are still okay with the physical relationship, but they don't want to get connected anymore. And mm -hmm. it's like you're saying, we've been fed this BS about what a relationship looked like, and whether we realize it or not, we've taken that into our psyche, and that's what we're looking for. So we enter relationships backwards. We go in 
thinking the wrong thing. If I smile at somebody, they smile at me back. We flirt. We like each other. And all of a sudden, my heart's going pit-a-pat, pit-a-pat, pit-a-pat. We go out and, you know, yes, in the beginning, everything is fine. But what mm-hmm. happens after that? You know, a relationship really, and a lot of people aren't going to want to hear this, but a relationship should be entered into almost like you starting a business, planning phase. So in the planning phase, you know, you should sit down and realize that, hey, you know, I need something. Maybe what I need is something that I'm missing in my life, and what I need is love. When I'm alone in my room, sometimes I stare at the wall and in the back of my mind I hear my conscience call Telling me I need a girl who's as sweet as a dove For the first time in my life, I see I need love There I was, giggling about the games that I had played with many hearts And I'm not saying no names Then the thought occurred, tears drops made my eyes burn Cause I said to myself, look what you've done to her I can feel it inside, I can't explain how it feels All I know is that I'm never dishing of the raw deal Playing make-believe, pretending that I'm true Holding in my laugh as I say that I love you Saying I'm more, kissing you on the ear Whispering I love you and I'll always be here Although I often reminisce, I can't believe that I found A desire for true love floating around Inside my soul, because my soul is cold One half of me deserves to be this way till I'm old But the other half needs affection and joy And the warmth that is created by a girl and a boy I need love
I'm no longer a playboy on the run. I need something that's stronger. Friendship, trust, honor, respect, admiration. This whole experience has been such a revelation. It's taught me love and how to be a real man. To always be considerate and do all I can. Protect you, you're my lady and you mean so much. My body tingles all over from the slightest touch of your hand. And understand, I'll be frozen in time till we meet face to face and you tell me your mind. If I find you, girl, I swear I'll be a good man. I'm not gonna leave it in destiny's hands. I can't sit and wait for my princess to arrive. I gotta struggle and fight to keep my dream alive. I search the whole world for that special girl. When I finally find you, watch I love unfurl. I need love. this 
I guess, breeds the opposite of what the person is actually right. wanting to bring into their experience, which is like, oh, my gosh, she's so needy. I got to get away from her. I got to do so much in order to jump through the hoops to, you know, to, to prove to him that I'm not like that same woman that he dated prior, you know, prior to, uh, you know, coming here. Or, you know, there, it, and it also, it, it also comes down to a level of trying to control the other person when a person has that type of neediness. So the, the reason why self-love is important and, you know, spending time with yourself, loving yourself unconditionally and doing those things that are necessary is because you want to, you want to be able to be whole and complete without somebody else trying to fill that space for you. Nobody is going to be able to do it better than you can. And when you get to that place where you don't feel like, you know, you, you can live, you can't, you die with that, they die without that other person, um, and you would still be whole whether or not they're there or not, um, then you have the opportunity to come into or attract to you an experience where you are, where you are whole, and you know people are wanting to are drawn to that, drawn to you, and wanting to know what it is that you possess that that you know that allows you to be in that space of harmony and deep love for yourself. Yeah, you know that comes across as confidence, and confidence is sexy. And the crazy thing about it is, Arlene, a lot of people like that neediness in the beginning because they feel needed, they feel loved. It's like this person want to be around me all the time, but that wears off, and it wears off fast. And when it wears off, now this person's a bugaboo. You know, you want to get some space. You need some breathing room. You know, so going into a relationship, and people, this is very, very serious because if you want that love of your life, it begins with loving yourself. And so before you get into a relationship, you got to make sure you're ready. You got to be able to answer this question, who am I? If you don't know, then you're giving someone else a faulty product. And if they're coming with the same thing, your chance of success is, well, let's just say this. In the United States of America, the divorce rate is 51%. That answers that question right there. If you don't know who you are and they don't know who they are and you come together, there will be some good times, but chances are there's going to be more bad times and you'll probably, if you get married, end up in that 51%. What do I want? Once you know who you are, what do you want? Because how do you know this person is what you want? Oh, yeah, he or she may be really sexy and they turn you on, but do they have the qualities that you want? You know, do they say the things you want them to say? Are they established? Are they what you ideally would have? Now, a lot of people say, well, you know, I don't want to be that way. I want to love the person for their heart. Okay, well, there's no problem with loving the person for their heart, but you need to make sure that that's compatible with who you are. Because the problem is we say that because it makes us sound like the bigger person, but the reality is after a couple years together, there is friction because this person don't match who you are. Think of yourself as an employer. If you were an employer and you're hiring for the CEO, the chief executive officer, this is going to be the person who's your partner in the relationship. Would you just put out anybody who think they can handle the job? What company would do that? 
<laughs> you know, and so that's what you do when you figure I just want to meet somebody and fall in love. You're saying anybody who can handle the job of being with me. That's not what you do. You got to know who you are. You got to know what you want, and that includes knowing what you want in the relationship. Then you got to know how to get what you want. So you need to understand your relationship history because that's going to teach you about who you are right now, not who you have to be forever but who you are right now. Arlene talked about it. She talked about who you are attracted that person in your relationship. So if you look back at your past relationships, no matter what you think or feel about them, that's an indictment on you because you attracted that person, because you fell for that person, because you had good times with that person. That say something about where your mental was. Look for the running things from one relationship to the next. That's where you need to make a change. What is your personal assessment of yourself? What are your traits? What do you value? Don't mess with anyone who don't have the same values you do. It's not going to work. What are your preferences? It's okay to be picky. Identify personal goals and needs and make sure anyone you get in a relationship can also identify their personal goals and needs. And I I want you to tell us about needs, wants, and requirements. Okay. So needs, wants, and requirements. Well, let me start off with requirements because requirements are those things that you know that if the person in the relationship does not have that, you know, it it, it just disqualifies them right off the bat. One of my requirements was a person be a non-smoker. I, not they they could not be heavy into any type of vices like uh, alcohol, um, drugs, uh, you know, smoking. This was a no no for me, and I have my I have my own personal reasons for that, uh, for for that. But I know that that actually has some type of physical effect on me when uh, a person has those particular vices. Another one was I I needed to be I, a requirement for me was that the person had a strong spiritual foundation, um, and and be and be at least open-minded to the way that a spiritual their you know their spiritual practice um, was it, it was actually an extension of who who they are and they operated in that particular space with their spirituality. Uh, Another example of a requirement for me was that they needed to, you know, they needed to be willing to, uh, you know, uh, be in a one-on-one relationship. I did not want to share, you know, uh, with somebody else. If I, you know, if, if I have to share you with someone else, then you're automatically disqualified like that. It, it was a, it's a deal breaker. It's those things that you, you know that you absolutely need, absolutely like, you know, that you have a telephone conversation with them. You find out that they're not in that space. You know automatically, well, you could just simply tell them right then and there you know what, we're not a match, and just leave it at that, you know, and there's no wiggle, there's no wiggle room, there's no compromise, let me see how nice you are, and, you know, if you don't have those things, we just can't move forward. 
The needs are those things in the relationship that you know that you will need in order for the relationship to uh, last. One of my needs is, is that I need a person who would be able to answer my particular love language, which is um, a combination of quality time and physical touch. Um, but quality quality time is just, you know, being able to spend time with the person and have it being engaged in conversation and physical touch does not necessarily mean sex, but it, it was one of those things that, that caused my last relationship, uh, my last marriage to fall apart because I had a husband that did not answer that particular need. It you know, it, it was something that was needed in order for the relationship to to be to last. Um and then wants. Wants are far more flexible. Like I wanted somebody who was able to give a full body massage, but I was not going to require it. Uh you know, it's not a requirement or a need for the relationship to last. Um, and this is just, you know, a few of the examples. And I know that when you, when a person actually does coaching, when when we say this, it's easy to just simply say it, but it is actually best to actually get some type of coaching in order to find out, uh, pull all of that information out of you, um, in order to get a clear understanding of where you are with those those particular but those particular uh, parts of your life because when you ask people this question about well what are your needs, wants and requirements, people will say, Well, you know, I need somebody who's a nice guy. Well, you know, there are a lot of nice guys, but you know, what what if uh he's a nice guy but he drinks a lot? Right. Or what if he's a nice guy and he you know, he has a he has this uh desire to, you know, have you know, um, some type of criminal or criminal intent. Um, you know, th- these are things that are very important. You need to get very clear about it in order to uh, bring it into your experience. And I know that for myself, um, I had actually used like a video, a video vision board in order to assist myself with bringing my beloved into my experience. And what I had to, what I later had to learn was that um, I needed to change up one of the, one of the, um, one of the pictures in there with uh, the, with uh, a couple that was far more suited to it because I found out that one of the couples that I was using as, as the ideal, well, in that particular relationship, this individual you know that those that particular couple had an open marriage. Well, you know that wasn't going to work. So that um, after I got clear on that um, and what and what that ideal couple looked like, you know, then I found that I was able to draw my beloved to me. So it's important to have needs, wants, and requirements. And like Arlene said, you really need to get coaching. And Arlene and I are very good at coaching people on needs, wants, and requirements. You also want to develop a profile of your desired life partner. Uh, Again, let's go back to that scenario of a business. You think when a business posts for a job, they don't have a profile 
of what the desired person for that job is, there's a reason for that. If you look at any team, think of it as a sports team. They're looking for a certain person to fit in to the structure there. Well, you're becoming a team. So if you want your life to go a certain way, you need a certain person because not everybody is going to compliment your life. And it may sound contradictory to everything that you learn. You just meet somebody, you fall in love, you know, that's the way we see it on TV. But, again, 51% divorce rate because it doesn't work that way. You have to take this thing in your own hands. As a matter of fact, you need to develop a relationship plan on how to get what you want. And then you need to decide, are you really ready for a relationship? If you've got baby mama drama or baby daddy drama, if you've got dad up the wazoo and you're going to bring this to somebody else, if you're not ready to be in a committed relationship, whatever, you got to make sure when you get into a relationship that you are ready, that you've dotted all the I's and crossed all the T's, that you don't just come with a bunch of garbage and throw that garbage at somebody else's foot and say, here I am, because that's a bad recipe for a relationship, and no one should accept that. If someone come to you and they're not right, at least right for you, and you've got to know what's right for you. And that comes down to the things we just talked about, also loving yourself and self-esteem. So before you decide that you want to go out there and get your Mac on, you need to decide, are you just recreational dating? And if that's the case, then okay, no strings attached. Are you committed dating? Or are you looking for that mini marriage? You know, are you ready to be in something serious? So before you get out there Bobby and B, you boy, what up? run Yo, up on this up? woman and what you trying to tell her how now, you feel, yeah, I'm in LA, make sure man. you I'm know what it is you Melrose, want. Man. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know there's a lot of girls out there in L.A. on Melrose. You need to slow down. For sure. All right, brother. Well, just hit me when you come back, man. Yup. Tell me Bob. Bobby Valentino. You know how we do. Another one. I saw you walking
All right, so now we're going to open the lines up. If you have any questions or you want to just get in on the conversation, go ahead and press 1 on your phone, and we'll be glad to bring you in. So now that you've thrown down your lines, Arlene, and now that the guy done came up to you and told you slow down, you know, you look so fine, now you're in a relationship. And the relationship always starts off good, or for the most part it starts off good. But then we move into this phase called power struggle. You see, every relationship goes through multiple phases. The first one is romance. You go out on some dates. You got goo-goo eyes and butterflies in your stomach and everything feels good. And you just can't wait to spend time with this person. And you can't get enough of the person. But then after a while, things start to shift. And there's a change, and the power struggle come in. And before we talk about the power struggle, I'm going to go ahead and take this caller. The caller, last four two seven three eight. You're on the line. Well, thank you, family, for being uh, ever present in my life, and I appreciate ending my 2007, 2016, preparing for 17, with the knowledge that this relationship thing needs to be just as if I was an employer. I realize mm-hmm. that most people don't look to be an employer. They everybody they grow up knowing get a good education, they can get a job. Somehow that mindset is also transferred into relationships. All you gotta do mm-hmm. is be human and all of a sudden you're ready for a relationship. But yep. the difference between a business owner and a business and an employee is drastically different. So I appreciate you letting me know that if you're not happy, if you don't have a plan for your business to have uh, uh, any growth, then yeah, hire the first bum you see off the street. Otherwise, <laughs> you'd be very specific. Oh, I didn't say bum out loud. I'm sorry. <clears throat> uh, I mean to say bum. I mean to say bum it. <laughs> Speak on it, brother. And would you go ahead and tell everybody who you are? Go ahead and introduce yourself, baby. Oh, I'm sorry. This is this is Amir from from the uh, sunny side of the world called Palm Beach. How are you guys doing? <laughs> We're great, Amir. How about you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you again. Uh, this was a perfect perfect segue into preparing for the exceptional excellence that's be- that's coming our way for 2017. This is the best way to start planning. If you're not there, this is how your guy is telling us that having a plan is the most mm-hmm. optimal way to get there with with ease and grace. Otherwise, you're going to be, uh, what did you say, uh, hitting and miss? Yeah. Yeah. Not, not getting anywhere what it's or be. worse, not yeah. going anywhere. Right. There will be moments of bliss and then the rest of pain. And most people have gone through it already. Most people have become disillusioned with relationships. And it's all because it's what's going on in the gray matter, all because of what you're thinking. If you thought of it differently and you treated it differently, you can have the love that you want by balancing your head with your heart. After all, think about this, and Amir, you certainly understand this. If you wanted to go out and get a car, would you go to the car dealership and whatever he pointed you to, you just get in and say that? Like, this is my car, uh, okay, I'm good, and just drive off. Nope, that wouldn't happen with, in my my world. But there right. are those who do that 
because that's, again, an- they're in the mindset of saying, I don't need to prepare to be anything except a good employee, which means you, all you are is a drone. You, don't, you have no intention of bettering yourself or even bettering the company that you're working with. You're just going to be there right. until they say, we've had enough of you. And is that, that's what, right. is that and what I want? That's what happened no. in a relationship. <laughs> that's what happened. Exactly. Because we don't have an idea. We haven't figured out what it is we want, and we haven't figured out a plan. After all, if you go to a car dealership, if I know that what I want is a Mercedes, then I have no business on a Ford lot. You know, well, and if I know what this. <laughs> that may not be what I want. That's somebody else's problem. You know, if I okay. know that I want it to look like this and I want a sunroof and, you know, I want a certain kind of interior and all this stuff, then when I go there, I've already got this in mind. Also, I have in mind what I'm willing to pay. You see, right. that helps you be prepared. So why would we not right. think a relationship is the same way? After all, you are now mixing your life with the life of someone else. And so you can't just mm-hmm. assume that chance is going to make it work. Chance is a rapper. Forget that. you got to get <laughs> in there, and you've got to have a plan. And the person who you're talking to and dealing with, you got to make sure that they fit into your plan and that you fit into their plan. Hey, Amir, so, so as always, we me, appreciate you. Uh-huh. But, now, but now you're telling me that i got to have a plan, too? Oh, yes. you got to have a plan, wow. too. So you now plan. I got to be conscious <laughs> with a plan, and then possibly attract that amazing non-bumment that's coming my way. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> my man, it was a pleasure having you on the show as always. And please do call back in again, man. You have a always. blessed day, brother. You, bro. Thank you, bro. <laughs> All right, man. Uh-huh. And you too. So, oh, I, I think we lost them. Okay, but okay. So the next stage that we go into after the romance stage, and you know, first we decided that we need love, and so we looked at are we ready for love, and, and we got ourselves together. We did the things that we need to do, and we decided that we want a committed relationship. So we got into a committed relationship, and now here it is, nine months into the relationship, and all of a sudden things are falling apart. Things are changing. We're having problems here. Arlene, we're moving into the power struggle. You know, what is this all about, Arlene? Why? Why does it have to be a power struggle? Why can't it be today the way it was nine months ago? Well, I guess you could say that um, with the with the incoming of the power struggle, you know, it that is really where people bring in their old experiences into the the new, you know, the new relationship. Uh, you know, the things that they, they're comparing the behaviors of the person that they were with before with the other one. And so the power struggle comes in because they are trying to control the outcome of what they they are perceiving as something that, and trying to prevent something from happening again. Um, uh, and give uh, give an example, which is um, one moment. Okay, I will go ahead and give an example. Mm-hmm. Okay, so a person, uh, let's say, um, a guy has been in a relationship with a woman who 
uh, in the past who cheated on him. And so um, what what he decides to do is, you know, um, what he decides to do is that he decides to get involved with uh, women who who may not be necessarily as economically stable as he is. And because he gets involved with the person who's not necessarily as economically stable as he is, is because he feels that she will she won't go anywhere or she won't do anything um, because he is the you know he holds her strings he's going to be the sugar you know be her sugar daddy um, and and so what what begins happening is you know he's requiring of her that she always checks in when she goes to work or whenever she gets home or you know or if she happens to go out to the grocery store or you know or even that that process of uh of possibly having her followed or something like that because he wants to prevent prevent that uh, prevent that from happening again and you know, even though she may not necessarily be economically stable, she just could tell him, you know what, you need to back off. You know, I'm not that person before, and so you had, you know, I'm not that person that that you were involved with before, and you're you're acting really controlling, uh, controlling, and I'm not going to I'm not going to be involved with the person who is, uh, you know, you're not going to be a controlling boyfriend, you know, you know. You need to either you need to change right now, or you know we can we could call it quits. And he was like, "Well, where are you gonna go? If you don't have any money, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we could uh, you could avoid those type of pitfalls um, in in the relationship because of your previous hurts. Because if you haven't really dealt with whatever it is that is within you that." that uh, attracts those particular situations, you're going to, you're going to, you know, I guess you could say uh, you're, you're pouring that old poison into your present experience and it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. And then also because you pick that person for that particular reason, are they truly who it is that you're desiring to be with in the first place? You know, do they have the, you know, the type of drive that you feel that um, that really is sort of equal to you? Uh, it, yeah, but that that's just an example. That's just an example of the of the power struggle that can. Yeah, that, at the power struggle it, phase, people are dealing with fear. You know, yeah. at this phase, you're not realizing you deserve to be loved. You deserve to be treated with respect. You're not realizing that at this phase. You find that you've invested whatever many of months or years into this relationship, and all the stuff from your past and their past is coming up, and both of you guys are trying to force this situation to make it work the way you want it to work instead of trusting and allowing. But had you made the right decisions early on, the things that Arlene and I have discussed early on, then you wouldn't have got to that point where, you know, where Holland used to love you. Maybe it's me. Maybe I bore you. 
All right. So when you're in the power struggle, there are things that you can do. First of all, I want you to understand that it's about you. You can't give away what you don't have. So if you're not loving and valuing yourself, then you're no good to the person you're in a relationship with. And as Arlene described, one of the examples was one of a very abusive relationship where you're with someone who's controlling you because you lack resources. So what you have to understand is it does not matter what situation you find yourself in, you can get out. Others have done it. No matter what the situation is, you can get out. But first, you may need to gather yourself. You may need to understand some things about yourself, and you may need to understand some things about relationships. I want to go through dating traps. And when we're in a relationship and we find ourselves in a power struggle, what's really going on is we're having a battle with ourselves that's manifesting outside of ourselves with this person that's going that we're dealing with because we attracted to us someone from one of these dating traps, the marketing trap, meaning they show up and they look good. They are wrapped in an attractive package, and it's a great presentation. But what did you find out about them? Did you take time to really get to know them? The packaging trap. This is the person with the great body and a nice personality. It's very similar to the first one, but it, just like the first one. They've got a good job. You know, They may have some wealth, some status, but what do you know about this person? How much time did you take to get to know them? This is a big one, the scarcity trap, thinking there's not enough people out there. You know, there are no good men. There are no good women. So you feel like there's nobody out there. When somebody show up and they're halfway decent, you jump on them. That's good enough. Do you want good enough? Do you want good enough? Don't you deserve better? compatibility trap. Now, this one kind of makes a little more sense if you think about it, but still you got to go deeper. This is someone who you have fun with, you get along with, but you still don't completely match. You're compatible with, but you're not 100%. Maybe y'all have different values, but you still have fun, and for the most part, you're compatible. Maybe you have more drive than that person do. And you figure, well, we're so much compatible in so many different ways. It doesn't matter that I want more out of life than they do. It does matter. It doesn't matter that I want kids and they don't. It does matter. It doesn't matter that we view raising kids differently. We're compatible in so many other ways. You've got to look at everything. You're choosing a life partner, not a partial partner. The fairy tale trap. We opened up with this. This is you watch TV, you saw the movies, you know, a princess is supposed to just show up and everything be great. You live happily ever after. Happily ever after does not come without hard work. Date to mate trap. This is the serial dater. You're in a long-term relationship with this person and then a long-term relationship with that person. You're doing an extended test drive of each person you're in a relationship with. But you have no plans or no idea, no desire to ever get married. Or maybe you're the person who's being serial dated, and the person you're in a relationship has no desire no plans, no ideas on getting married. You know if you're there. 
You know, because the years then roll by and you're still getting the same old story. The attraction trap. This one makes sense too if you think about it, but it's still not good. You fell in love, your heart beats, you've got stars in your eyes, you can see Cupid just shooting you in the butt. Everything feels great, and it's just, oh, I love them so much. But how long does that last? Arlene, how long does that last? Limerick. It it lasts as long as you put up with it or until they find the person that's perfect. (laughs) It really don't even last that long. There's a term for it. It's called limericks, and you're good from anywhere from six months to nine months. After that, the chemicals that your body's been producing to make you feel like you're in love, wears away, and then you're just doing what Arlene said. You're staying in the relationship and putting up with it. Hopefully it's good for you, but that feeling of love has gone away. Ouch. (laughs) Yeah, that hurts, right? It's like, where did the love go? And then there's the sex trap. Okay, well, come on. We know the sex trap. When it's good, it's good. But just because it's good don't mean you have to make a big mistake. You know, you don't throw everything in because it's good. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And, and yeah. come on, who of us have not had it really good, but this with the wrong person? It's usually really good with the wrong person. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, I can. I remember that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then. You, you've got the, with the attraction, there's the love trap. Those two are very, very similar. You know, you believe that love will conquer all. And this one is really more like what you were saying, Arlene. You know, 15 years, you're still not married. The person's still giving you the same line. But in your heart, you know that they love you, and love will conquer all. And maybe they stepped out a few times or whatever, but they keep coming back home. So that's telling you something, because love will conquer all. Love will make it right. Is this person really what you want? What do you deserve? If you think this is what you deserve, then I guess it's okay. But if you want more, if you feel you deserve more, if you know deep down in your heart you need more, then, you know, you've got to drop that person. And the last one is the rescue trap. That's the one where, you know, someone comes in and they save the day. You know, you were depressed and they brought you back up. You were needy financially, emotionally, physically. They held you together. They brung you back. You know, they came in when you needed them most. What these all have in common is usually you end up breaking up right here at the power struggle, and it's just, hey, let it be. It's not going to work for us. It's just not going to work. And sometimes that's what you got to be willing to say. You got to say, hey, just let it be. Walking home and talking low. Evening clothes with you. Some nervous times and getting drunk. Staying up till we can hunt with you. Now we're sleeping at the edge, holding something we don't need. All this delusion in our heads gonna bring us to our knees. Come on, let it go. 
forward to five different shows a month. On the first Thursday of the month, we have Total Empowerment with Angela Hardy, where beauty and strength are celebrated and enhanced inside and out. And on the second Thursday of the month, we have One Love, One Connection, One Us with Reverend Arlene Cahet and Reverend Harvey L. Bailey, where they give you ideas and strategies on how to create, attract, and transform your relationship into a spiritual union. And on the third Thursday of the month, we have the Sacred Masculine Show with Reverend Jamel Gilliam. This show is for spiritual brothers and the women who love them. And on the fourth Thursday of the month, we have the Inner Consciousness with Reverend Harvey L. Bailey. This show explores the inner workings of the mind and gives advice on spiritual growth and self-healing. And on the fifth Thursday of the month, we have Healing Paradigms with Reverend Arlene Cahet. This show aims to provide a shift in perspective that provides healing and personal growth. And on Friday, we have Let's Talk Love, Sex, and Nutrition with Bonnie Walters and Zilana. This is sex talk like you've never heard it before. This is the Family Healing Circle on Block Talk Radio. All shows from Sunday through Thursday start at 7 p.m. and on Friday at 7.30 p.m. And now you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, Family Healing Circle Media. This is the Family Healing Circle where we heal the mind, body, and soul. And we're back. And so we, I am supposed to talk about the interviewing process that is based off of the needs, wants, and requirements. So you've gone through your coaching and you figured out what your needs, wants, and requirements are. And, you know, one of the questions that, um, that comes up, uh, okay, okay, I will start with the smoking, uh, the smoking uh, thing for me. Uh, automatically, you know, I will ask a person if they, you know, if they are, if they, they smoke. And if they, if they smoke, then you, I already just know automatically that's a deal breaker. Or, but say for instance, another requirement of mine is, you know, a person who's into heavy drinking. So the question that I would ask them is, you know, if you, were, you know, you know, first I would ask them, do they drink? And then I would ask them, how often do they drink? And then um, I also, uh, another requirement of mine is that they actually possess some type of creativity. So one time I actually asked the person, you know, if you want to just plan a day or plan an evening for us, you know, what is it that you you would do? You know, just to see where their head is. And I recall one person, uh, one person, the answer that they had for me was that, well, you know, we could meet up at the bar. We could we could party a little there. Um, maybe we might have some dinner. And, and that was it. And um, also, um, you know, because I'm not a heavy drinker, uh, a bar is not necessarily the place that I would uh, want to be taken to for a night out. You know, we could have gone to the movies, we could have gone to a play, and the first thing that first thing out of this person's mouth is that they want to go to a bar. So that that just sort of disqualifies them there. Um, 
uh, say for instance, you know, the, you know, my, my, as far as the needs are concerned, an example I can give is, you know, you're during the interviewing process, you know, you can ask the person, you know, well, what are some of the things that, you know, that you enjoy? What are the things that make you feel loved? What, you know, what has happened in your previous experiences that have made you, you know, have you had one of that warm, fuzzy feeling inside? What, what really made you feel appreciated? And sort of based upon their answers, you can kind of gauge, um, gauge where they are in their experience. Say, for instance, well, you know, the thing that makes me feel loved, if they might answer is, you know, when, when my, my, um, an ex-girlfriend of mine, um, you know, she, she, you know, hired somebody to take care of the lawn for me, um, while I was while I was away on vacation, and you know the thing I I so appreciated it because you know it it provided when I came back it provided me with the time to do some something else that I that I wanted so that gives me an indication of you know that they are a person whose love language is acts of service, or or you could ask you know. Asked, uh, asked them, well, you know, what what experiences may they have had um, that you know that that they had found challenging um, in a previous relationship, and and this also gives an indication of their love language, and and he he or she may say, well, you know, I I had. Um, I had a boyfriend or a girlfriend that wanted me to buy stuff for them all the time. Um, now I, I don't mind buying them gifts periodically, but it just seems like you know, you know that she could be bought. Um, now that now again that kind of lets you know that that uh, you know that their particular love language is not gifts because a person who likes to receive things. Um, has gifts and uh, likes to receive, and that is their way of perceiving or receiving love. Now, also, if they, or perhaps they may have answered the question, uh, answered the question by saying, well, I, you know, there was one girl, she she was all touchy-feely, her hands all over me, and, you know, that just, you know, don't, don't touch me like that, just, you know, and and if they responded like that, then knowing myself, knowing myself as a person who whose uh, love language is physical touch, not necessarily. Well, you would just ask the question. Well, you know, maybe their love language was physical touch. I mean, if you were in a relationship with a person who whose uh, love language is physical touch, do you think you would have a problem with you know being with that person? And how many times were you involved with a person you broke it off because you felt that they were too touchy-feely? Um, and, you know, based on their answer, you can kind of gauge whether or not you can continue the relationship with this person or not. Um, if they said, well, you know, I I just, I couldn't stand it, and, you know, I had to just let them, uh, let her or him go. 
um, then you know that with this person, well, you know, that might be a deal breaker for them that they're, you know, they're not a touchy-feely person. Um, and, and, you know, as far as the wants are concerned, um, you could, you could ask them, <laughs> like, like mine is, you know, um, a full, uh, you know, a person who likes to give massages and, you know, you could ask that question, but it, that doesn't actually, um, since that's not an absolute requirement or a need, that, that information is based upon whether or not they're giving you a yes or no, uh, you know, it kind of gauges, you can kind of figure out, well, yeah, I like giving full body massages. I like, you know, I like, um, you know, I like giving them uh, to my lady or to my man whenever, whenever they request one. Well, then you know that that's just if you're looking at them as a potential, hey, you, you know, that's just more or less like icing on the cake. So this is just this is just an example, but the whole idea is that, you know, you don't just ask them one particular question uh, and and just be done with it. You What you want to do is you want to interject and give them scenarios, or, you know, uh, scenarios about how they would handle that. Perhaps they were, um, they were, um, you know, you know, ask them like, well, can you, you know, what do you think uh, allowed your relationship to break up, uh, break up before, um, you know? And they may mention something like, uh, they may mention, they may have mentioned that they may have been uh, abused in a relationship. So here it is that you're, when you're asking, when you find out about that, um, the next question you may want to ask is like, well, how long ago did that happen? Um, you know, do you feel that you do you feel that you've healed from that experience? You feel that you've healed from that experience. Um, was this a particular is has this been a particular pattern with you for uh, a long period of time? And that also gives you a gauge on whether or not they've healed from it or not. Say, for instance, perhaps their last relationship, they they were physically, you know, they weren't necessarily being physically abused, but uh, maybe they were being mentally abused. And so one of the things that you want to observe and pick up is, you know, okay, so how long did that particular relationship last? Um, do you feel, uh, I guess you could say, um, also, I'm going to say that this is a part of my own particular experience with a person, you know, dating a person who actually had been involved with uh, a person who was emotionally abusive, um, was, you know, whether or not they, they, there was a continual conversation or a continuing, like, drama being in and fueled in to make this person um, make this person upset with what their with their interactions with them with dealing with their child, and also I found that um, she liked to watch him beat people up, so she would purposely set out to try to make him jealous or rile him up, and so 
the the thing the questions that you would begin to ask is that well you know uh, begin to ask is well you know what has been your way of dealing with that relationship now uh, and kind of gauging based upon their answers what you know if they've actually made significant changes and heal themselves from that particular uh, that particular type of experience. Um, and you're going to, let's just put it this way, when you begin to ask in-depth questions that, that go into your needs, wants, and requirements, you're going to be able to be in this place of kind of picking up the pattern and having more discernment about what, you know, how, how far a person has actually come in their own, in their healing. And you have you have the opt- that is the optimal time to make a decision about whether or not you want to move forward with them or not. Absolutely, and along with that, if you're doing your work on you, so you. along with the interviewing process that Arlene just described, you also want to do your work on you. And what we coach on is something called the seven pillars of self-love. And the seven pillars of self-love take you through basic life expressions, which is where you examine your career. You consider the amount of money that you want to make. Most people don't do that, but I tell you this, rich people and those who have become rich have always considered how much money they want to make because that's a part of getting there. You look at your health. Your health is the biggest commodity that you have. Without your health, what are you going to do? So you look at your health, mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional health, and you look at how you deal with relationships, all relationships, most importantly, your relationship with yourself. You learn about yourself sexually. Most people don't even consider this, but I can tell you I have talked to people who have been in relationships and have been, well, unsatisfied and unhappy sexually. Why? Because they didn't know how they show up sexually, and they didn't know what it was they need sexually. So it's important to know that. It's very important to know that because if you get involved with someone and you're a very sexual person and they're not, and your sex habit or your sex schedule is every three days and their sex schedule is once a month, there's going to be a problem because you can go three days before you're horny and you want some, and they can go a month. And they may be like, I'm good for the rest of the month. So what do you do in between that one time a month and the next time a month when it hits you every three days? So you have to understand things like this. Also, what are you willing to do sexually? Some people are just out of the range for people that they date sexually. It's like, well, they want me to do this or they want to do that. I'm not with that. That's also a problem. These are things that before you get to the power struggle, when you're first starting to date, if you looked at that, it will eliminate the power struggle. So there's self-esteem. There's self-love. There's creative expression. Do you know what your God-given talents are? Are you using your God-given talents? You know, what is your vision for your life? You should have a life plan. And when you get into a relationship, you want to get into a relationship with someone who has a life plan themselves. If they don't, then this should be one of the things that in that interview process Arlene was going over, you discuss with them. If they're not open to having a life plan and you have one, then you're probably not going to be compatible. And what is your relationship with yourself and your relationship with God? 
It doesn't matter who you believe in. Or maybe you don't believe in God at all. Okay, so what is your relationship with yourself then? And what kind of person are you going to be compatible with? So once you do these things, you do the work on yourself, you do the interview, you find yourself bypassing the power struggle or even coming out of the power struggle, and you move into stability. You make your way back at life.
Well, stability, there's not a lot to this, you know. And, again, I mentioned that every relationship goes through phases. First, there's the romance when you first start off. And then often we find ourselves in the power struggle. But as Reverend Arlene and I just went over, there's a way to skip the power struggle. You don't have to do it. When you get the stability, stability is pretty simple. Stability is just saying, I love me enough to love you as you are. And so I accept you as you are. I'm not going to try to change you. I know that what's coming up in me that makes me want to treat you other than from a position of love is all about me. It's my issue, not yours. So stability, when you get stable in your relationship, it's when you get to the point where there is no struggle anymore. I'm okay with you being just the way you are. Okay, so I know that you like to watch football on Sundays, but that's not my thing. Go ahead and watch your football. I ain't going to mess with you. You know that I'm a movie buff, but that's not really your thing. But you go to the movies with me anyway. You know, and some people say compromise. No, it's not a compromise. It's a showing of love. That's what you do at the stability stage. You cater to your partner. Maybe I see you working hard when I let you know I'm proud, let you know that I admire what you do. Don't know if I need to reassure you if my life will be purposeless without you. If I want it, when I ask you, you inspire me to be better. You challenge me for the better. Go sit back and let me pour out my love letter. Let me help you take off your shoes, untie your shoestrings. Take off your coffee, you wanna eat food. Let me feed you, let me run your bath water, whatever you say. I'll fly you, sing you a song, turn the game on. I'll brush your hair, help you put your drag on.
Eileen. Yes, Reverend Hardy. After stability, we want something better. It's not enough just to be stable in a relationship. You need a commitment. The commitment comes from sharing yourself and communication. Share with us about sharing yourself, being transparent with your partner and communication. Well, I will just say that just, just <laughs> uh, I guess the simplest way that I can put it is just being completely honest um, about who you are, where you are, what you're doing, at you know all of your uh, all of what you consider your flaws, all of your all of uh, what you consider your strengths. It is. It is truly being in that space of being very vulnerable um, with the person that you are speaking with. Um, I know that I know that um, when I met my husband and we were in our in our stages of of the getting to know you uh, phase. Uh, our relationship. Um, I I was in. <laughs> I, I guess you could say I was in my transition from leaving Baltimore to move up to New York, and I was completely honest about every single aspect of what I was going through, um, and not necessarily sugarcoating my part in that particular, of my particular experience. Um, and, and also, uh, let's just say that um, being that honest and transparent about where I was, um, about my experiences prior to that when I was living in Arizona, the, the divorce, the relationship that I had with my ex-husband, the, uh, at that time, and the relationship that I had with had with him at that time, um, and you know, and even explaining those things that did not necessarily hold me in the best light, um, just being able to share that. Let's just say it takes a great deal of strength, you know, to to be that honest and vulnerable. But I, I had already made the decision a long time ago that I did not want to be in a relationship with a person that I could not be completely myself with. Um, I was completely honest about my spiritual practice. I was completely uh, transparent with my personal, you know, my personal beliefs. Um, I was honest about my financial situation and and what my goals were, what my dreams were, and the people that I had dated prior to meeting him, the people that I had conversated with prior to meeting him, all of that stuff, all of that stuff, all of that stuff that we tried to, you know, hide and, you know, sweep under the rug and not share with people because, you know, you got to keep your keep your guard up, and that that's no way to live. I mean, that that's not being honest. 
Um, and I had I had made that decision a long time ago that I that that was the type of relationship that that I had wanted because let's just put it this way I had lived the other way where I hid aspects of myself from my partner and what what ended up happening was that um, that stuff ended up coming out anyway. Um, it, you know, the, the, those things that you feel that the other person is not going to like you for, well, shoot, if they're not going to like you for who you are, and, you know, then what makes you think that if you keep hiding that aspect of yourself, that when it comes out later because you're not going to be able to keep up that particular facade, um, that they're going to they're going to feel duped. They're going to feel lied to because in, in actuality that you did lie. You, you lie by omitting that to yourself. And let's just put it this way: the the current relationship that I have with my husband is a relationship in which I can be completely myself uh, with him, and 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 trust that you know that he is okay with that and vice versa. And I, I have to say that when you are operating in that space of being that way yourself and allowing the other person to be as open and transparent, um, you know, with you and that they can be themselves, there is a, a sort of a liberation within the relationship that allows it to allows it to become increasingly uh, richer and and fuller and more vibrant. And I, I will say um, that the person that I truly learned that with was with you, uh, Harvey, um, because there were, like I said, there were there were aspects of my experience that I was not so proud of. But you know, I you know there was no need to lie about it. Um, <laughs> and and when I shared that. Um, you know, he was okay with it, and vice versa, and it, it it allowed me to make the the leaps that I have needed to make in order to have the type of healing that was required um, to to be where I am now in in comparison to where I was when I initially met you. So, thank you, thank you very much. Well, you're for, welcome. It was my pleasure because. You know, the important thing that you said there is healing, and that's why God put 7.5 billion of us on this planet, so that we can heal each other. You see, when we talk about the stability stage, that was easy, just accepting the person. Once you accept the person, making that commitment is where the healing begins. You deserve to be best friends with your partner. You can't do that if you can't open up to them and show them who you are. That's a commitment, and they open up and show you who they are, and you accept them, all of who they are. That's how the heart bonds, when you just allow a person to be who they are. You don't judge them for whatever it is you would judge them for. You let it be, and when you do that, you know, Arlene, like you said, you showed everything. You put your hand down. You showed your hand completely. You just... Put your cards out there, and that's what you got to do. If you want to be in a committed relationship, you got to do that, but also the person you're in a relationship have to do that. And when that happens, then, well, you've got a serious commitment, you know. 
It's always and forever. Like a dream to me that somehow came true, and I know tomorrow will still be the same. Cause we've got a life of love that won't ever change. Love me your own special way Melt all my heart away With a smile Take time to tell me You really
Commitment is great, but there's still one more step, and that's called bliss. And how do you get the bliss from commitment? Well, in the early stages, you made sure you understood who you are, what you want, and that you knew how to get it. Now, we are always changing. So the person who you were in 2010 is probably not the same person that you are today. And so... When you did that back then, you can't stay there. You've changed. So to make the shift from commitment to bliss is where you have to figure out who you are today and who your partner is today. And this is work that you both should be doing. And you should have a plan for your life as well as a plan for the marriage. And you guys will look at the plans for the marriage and see if it needs to be revamped because maybe things have changed. You know, maybe one of you want to do something that you didn't want to do before, but you've already learned being open in communication, and Arlene talked about that. So at the commitment stage, it shouldn't be a problem to share with your partner what you want. To make it bliss is where the two of you are working together towards a common goal. You know, and you can work together on several goals, but towards a major common goal, which could just be something as simply as keeping a wonderful household. You see, at this point, you guys have plans. You have your separate plan, and you have your togetherness plan. And you reviewed and maybe revamped, if necessary, your togetherness plan, but you're back on track. You're moving towards the things that you want to do. You support each other. You work with each other. You guys have a shared common goal vision for your life. I'm going to say that again. A shared common goal vision for your life. And at that stage, you guys are enjoying beautiful communication because there's nothing that you're afraid to share with your partner. You're completely open. Your partner has become your best friend. You're enjoying good lovemaking because you're willing to try whatever your partner wants, and your partner's willing to try whatever you want. You're willing to give of yourself in an unselfish way, and that makes you a good lover when you give because you're caring more about the happiness of your partner. 
You respect yourself and you respect your partner. And the two of you have, are all about moving in a single direction together. And the two of you are working on it together. It's us against the world. And when that happens, that's bliss. And you know you're blissful when somebody loves you.
I've experienced over and over again where I've given 80% and she's given 20%. Or she's given 70% and I've given 30 But you just don't know how it feels to have somebody that you can share your whole life. Somebody that you don't mind talking to. Somebody that you don't mind going down the middle of the road. I know a lot of guys today, they wish they had somebody just like you. I don't know when the last time that I told you, but girl, you make me so very happy. I think we've got something that a lot of people don't seem to have. Reverend Arlene. <laughs> yes, Reverend Harvey. We have come to the end of our show. Oh, and it's your last show. It Reverend. is my last show oh. on One Love, One Connection, One Us. Well, we are going to just have to give you some applause for the great work that you've done. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It has been a good two years I want to thank you for being my partner And one love, one connection, one us For all the shows that we've done Over the past two years And for your friendship, Arlene Yeah, yeah, you know And if I could host through the phone, I would hug you right now. <laughs> oh, I feel hugged. <laughs> but I know the show is in good hands, and it'll go on, and it'll do great. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and we will, you know, don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, uh, when he's going ahead and he's gotten that great big publishing deal and what have you, we'll have it back on as a guest, uh, a guest host. <laughs> <laughs> That's a deal. I'll do that. Arlene, <laughs> <laughs> any closing words you want to say before we shut down? Anything you got going on that you want to let people know about? Um, well, Ladies and gentlemen, if you are interested in actually having a show, you can get in contact with me at area code 973-885-6930. So we here at the Family Healing Circle are looking to expand um, expand in terms of our the issues that we talk about. So please feel free to give me a call and let me know what you have uh, that you're interested in doing and seeing if we're compatible uh, or compatible with each other to move your platform forward with uh, into the new year. Um, also, uh, we want you to come uh, visit us on um, the Family Healing Circle and the next, I think, is it two weeks, Reverend Harvey? Yes. That you're doing the show? Yes. Yeah. Two weeks from the day. Yes. Well, he will be doing his very, very last show of the inner consciousness 
uh, here on the Family Healing Circle, and we are going to be announcing um, the new show that will be taking its place. I, I think it's going to be called King's Philosophy, but don't hold me to that. And also on the last Thursday of this month, Healing Paradigms will be having a show as well. And I'm not sure what that's going to be, ladies and gentlemen, but please come back because I know that it's going to be fun. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And, Arlene, how can they get in touch with you if they want to? If you want to get in contact with me, you can reach me through Facebook. My name is Arlene Kahet. That's K-A-H-E-T. Or you can give me a call at area code 973 885-6930. Eight eight five six nine three zero. Again, that number is area code nine seven three eight eight five six nine three zero. Or you can actually reach out to me through my website, which is healingparadigms.com. That's H E A L I N G P A R A D I G M S. Dot com, And, uh, you know, love, peace, and blessings uh, to all of you and to you, Robin Harvey, for your continued journey with doing the work that you do. I know that you're going to be a great success. Thank you, dude. Thank you. And this is my last show on One Love, One Connection, One Us, working with Arlene. It has been a pleasure to do so. But I am Reverend Harvey L. Bailey, and you can find me on Facebook as Harvey L. Bailey, or you can email me at theonethought at gmail.com, or call me at 443-388-0356. If you liked anything you heard tonight, you're interested in coaching, we can do one-on-one, or starting in January. On January 14th, I will be doing coaching classes, one class a month for six months, at Indigenous Artisan and Wellness Studio in Baltimore, Maryland. It's at 213 West Reed Street, Baltimore, Maryland, 21201. And you can get in contact with me for more details on that. It's only $35 per class, and we're going to go a lot deeper into what I talked about tonight than what we were able to do tonight. Also, at Indigenous, this coming Monday night, I will be doing a unconditional love meditation that's unconditional love meditation and again that's at indigenous artisan and wellness studio at 213 west reed street baltimore maryland 21203 and you can reach me at 443-388-0356 or friend me on facebook harvey l bailey or you can email me at the one thought at gmail.com It has been a wonderful, wonderful journey, and, well, as all things, it comes to an end. So tonight, (laughs) tonight I end by saying adios, amigos. Te amo.
Take my eyes off 